As we continue our study in the book of James, verse number 5, this is a verse that really could take us in two different directions. It's one that speaks of wisdom and also of prayer, and I would like to focus more on the aspect of wisdom, and so would like to begin by reading this verse number 5 from the first chapter of James, where the Bible says, If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. And there is another um, portion of scripture also in the book of James that really speaks a lot on this subject of wisdom, something that is so important for each and every one of us, and that's in the third chapter. And so I'd like to begin with verse 13 through to the end of the third chapter, where James writes and he says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show of a good conversation his works with meekness and of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envy, envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and of good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So as we would look at these two portions of scripture from the book of James, there are really four areas that not only James, but um, but I believe much of the Bible speaks about in regards to wisdom. And really, there is so much contained in scripture on this subject. And the four areas that I would like to cover this morning that I believe James is also covering is, in speaking about wisdom, is what is it and, and who needs it and, and how do we get it and what does wisdom look like? You know, when we think about what what is wisdom, really... We can see in Scripture that whenever, or not whenever, but frequently when wisdom is spoken of, it is in conjunction with knowledge and understanding. And so we see that these are tied together. And we could, and sometimes define wisdom as being the application of knowledge and wisdom. And certainly in the context of Scripture, When we speak of wisdom, we are speaking of the knowledge and the understanding of the Word of God and of the ways of God and what what He is teaching. You know, when the Bible um, speaks of of wisdom, it it contrasts uh, godly wisdom, or as our text has referred to it as wisdom from above, with wisdom that is worldly wisdom or wisdom from um, below in a sense. And there's really um, 
a very extensive exposition of this contrast of worldly wisdom and, and godly wisdom given to us by the Apostle Paul in the first three chapters of Corinthians, and it's well worth reading, and we certainly won't have time to, to go in depth into that, but read that, and it does contrast that. And maybe it's worth men- uh, worthwhile mentioning that we, we can't assume that, that all of the wisdom that we find in the world or that we're confronted with in the world is, is, is evil or is wrong. Because there's many things that even worldly people have, um, learned and, 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 uh, taken to themselves that, that are wise even in light of scripture. And certainly wisdom, uh, wherever it comes from and wherever uh, it is given, if it has a basis also in Scripture and in God and, and the truth of Scripture, then there is that element, certainly, that this wisdom has, is also godly. But we might uh, say, there, therefore, that, that true wisdom or the wisdom that is from above is really based on a knowledge or an understanding of biblical principles and truths. And then having the ability in our lives to, to live in a manner that is pleasing to God as we understand those truths and as we apply them in different areas of our lives. And all of that in submission to the Holy Spirit as he would be working in our hearts to apply that knowledge and that understanding in, in a biblical way, which then would really exemplify that this truly is the wisdom of God. So who needs wisdom? You know, our text here um, that we read, this verse 5, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, and, and when I read that, I can't help but think of, well, that's me. That's you. That's really all of us. We all lack wisdom. We we may think ourselves and, in fact, may at times be very wise and knowledgeable and understanding in a good way in many different areas. But we all have those areas in our lives where we are lacking in wisdom. When we make experiences in our lives and we look back at those experiences and say, that wasn't so smart. That wasn't really the wisest thing to do or to say. And so we can honestly say that all of us lack wisdom in different areas of our lives and at different times in our lives. And James, as he's writing this letter to these early um, believers, most of them Jewish believers, he was writing in, in the context, and as you go through the book of James, you can see the, the, the many things that he addresses and many things that, that they face that we face as well. Trials, temptations, persecution, sickness, um, the whole area of relationships and the dynamics of relationships and the communication that we have within relationships and and a natural outworking of relationships in the sense that there's conflict in relationships as well. The challenges that we have uh, in the area of partiality, and it's only natural at times that, that we can tend towards being partial. He speaks a lot about the use and the misuse of the tongue. 
He touches on what, what real and true religion is real, um, is really like and what it looks like and, and what faith, real faith, uh, looks like it as well. He touches on humility and pride and, 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 and many more things in, in his letter, um, in the letter that he writes. But the context of the, um, of wisdom in the third, uh, third chapter here is primarily in that of relationships and how we relate to e- each other. And, and so perhaps much of what we're thinking about or speaking about this morning may be in that context. But the reality is, beloved, that all of us need wisdom as we navigate through life. There are so many things that we confront on a day-to-day basis that we need wisdom for. We need understanding and knowledge and, and how to apply that wisely in any given situation. And, and none of us are exempt from that. There may be times when, when, um, we, um, feel like we have a good handle on a situation, but then other times when, when we're really struggling for knowing what is the right thing to do and wisdom is needed for that. And that is also, uh, especially true as we navigate through the relationships in our, in our lives. And, you know, even in this time that we are living in and, and confronted with, uh, new things and, and has been mentioned recently, uh, traveling on a road that we haven't been on before. And, and certainly that will be facing us in the future as well. We need wisdom for all of that. You know, when we consider here what it says in verse 13, it says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? And it's a question. James points this out as a question. And I think he does that because we can consider ourselves wise and, and perhaps having knowledge and understanding. But yet, at times, the way we live our lives, perhaps it's not always that wise in the way we we act. And so we certainly can need um, to have wisdom and, and as much of it and more of it whenever we can get it. And so how do we get it? How do we get this wisdom that James and the Bible are are talking about? Well, the answer is here in in the fifth verse. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so we see here very clearly in this scripture that God is the source of wisdom. Um, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, wisdom starts with God, with an acknowledgement of who God is and of standing in awe uh, of his, um, of his majesty and of his glory. And that, that, that wisdom really flows from him and is is demonstrated in everything that God is and that he has done and that he has created and so God is the source of wisdom and and as in most things in life it's always best to go to the source and so he invites us God invites us through his word to ask him for wisdom and we do that through prayer. 
And it's much like, a, a, you know, a parent-child relationship. As parents, we, we are, are thankful and, and happy when our children come to us and, and ask us questions, ask us for how to do something, for wisdom in a sense. And we gladly give that to them. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. Everyone that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be, um, it shall be opened. And so think of, um, wisdom and, and getting wisdom in this context of Simply asking for it. And, and when you think of that word, try to remember that, that way. Ask. We ask. The A is asking. The S is seeking. The K is knocking. And when we, when we ask God, when we seek, uh, Him out for wisdom, when we really knock at His presence, uh, he will reveal his truths and his wisdom to us. And the Bible says here that he will give it to us liberally. Just another word of saying that God is generous um, to those that ask him. Um, and he doesn't hold it back either. And he wants us um, to to ask him because he wants to give it to us without reservation or without um, holding back to us. And so many times, and, and James also references this in, in his epistle here, uh, that we don't have something simply because we're not asking. It seems kind of silly in a sense that, that God is offering us wisdom and he's offering us so much and it's there for the asking. But we read in, in James chapter 4, ye ask and you receive not because ye ask amiss. It goes on to say that you may consume it upon your lust. Perhaps for the wrong motives, but, but many times simply because we failed to ask him. And isn't it true that so many times when we have to make decisions, when we have to do things in our lives, that we really don't always go to the Lord and ask him. We try to do it on our own. We try to figure it out on our own. We try to um, navigate a situation on our own without asking the Lord. And what what he lovingly invites us to do is to come to him first and to ask him. And if we do that, he promises to generously give us the wisdom that we need in life. So how do we get wisdom? We ask for it in prayer. But the Bible also teaches us that Christ is the source of wisdom. In Colossians, it says, Colossians chapter 2, it says that in Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ. In the example of the life that he lived. In the teaching that he gave, the gospel message that, that he shared. In all of that, within Christ, we have wisdom being portrayed and offered to us. And we have a beautiful hymn in our song that I love. In, in verse 4 of hymn number 65, 
It says, wisdom's highest, noblest treasure, Jesus lies concealed in thee. Grant that this may still the measure of my will and actions be. Let meekness and holy simplicity rule me. In heavenly wisdom, O Lord, let them school me. If truly I only know thee as my Lord, oh, then I have wisdom's most perfect reward. And this hymn writer has beautifully captured many of the things that James writes about here in these verses in, in the third chapter in speaking about wisdom. But really, it is in Christ and, and what he taught and how he lived that there is wisdom. Wisdom that we can learn from and apply to our lives. And wisdom also comes to us through scripture. It is the scripture that, that, uh, James is, is constantly referring to, to, for wisdom, and he speaks a lot about the wisdom of, uh, that we find in the Proverbs, and especially the wisdom that Christ gave in the Sermon on the Mount. He references those directly and indirectly, his teaching from that Sermon on the Mount. But it is in all of Scripture, beloved, that we can find the wisdom of God. And for that reason, we need to go there because that is how God answers and speaks wisdom into our hearts. But he also does that through his spirit. When Jesus left this earth, he said that he would send the Holy Spirit and that when he has come, the comforter, that he would teach uh, that he would guide you in all truth and that he would bring to remembrance all the things that I have taught you. And so we see that, that yes, wisdom is found in Christ, but in the absence of him being here on earth and the presence of him being in our hearts through his Holy Spirit, the Spirit is the one that can teach us and instruct us in the ways and in the wisdom of God. But we also um, are taught wisdom from others, from parents, from teachers, and especially mothers. And I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that so many of us have blessed, been blessed in our lives with the example of having had godly mothers that that taught us not only in word but more often many times indeed the wisdom of god through their example and i want to encourage every mother that is listening to to me this morning of the responsibility that you have but also the the joy that you have of being a mother the privilege that you have of imparting the wisdom of God, the truths of God to your children. Much as, as, um, Timothy experienced when uh, we read in Second Timothy, it's, uh, the Bible, Paul reminded him of his childhood, um, of the faith that, that his mother and his grandmother had. We read about that in, in the uh, first chapter of Second Timothy. Um, he says to them, and I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. In other words, the sincere faith that you have, which dwelt first in thy, um, 
grandmother Lois and also in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in thee also. It was something that Timothy grew up with, sitting at, at, in, in the lap of his grandmother and mother. And then in Second in Timothy, uh, the third chapter, he says, And that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which were able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And so, mothers, you have this privilege, you have this opportunity, especially as your children are young, to instill within them the truths of God, the wisdom of God, the teaching of God, the gospel message, the message of salvation and hope. And, and that responsibility is yours and, and, and they will receive it from you because you have that love of a mother. And so I want to encourage you to continue in that task, which undoubtedly many times is, is tiring, many times is difficult. But it does not go unrewarded because the seeds that you are sowing in your children's lives and the responsibility that you have of sowing those seeds will bring about a, a, a um, fruit of righteousness, even as we read here also in this uh, reading that we had. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And you can, as a mother, be a part of that. We know that not only from our parents and, and teachers and, and certainly mothers um, to their children, but that wisdom also comes to us from those that have experience. In Job, it says wisdom is with the aged and understanding with the length of days. And so there are those that have made experiences in life, that have journeyed through life for many years. And in the process of that, they have received uh, wisdom uh, from those experiences, wisdom that they have received from others that they are willing to, to pass on to others. And so we should, in our lives, we should take advantage of the wisdom from others, learn from others' mistakes so that we don't repeat them, but be willing to accept that wisdom that God wants to impart to us through others that have that experience. In Proverbs, it says, give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. We can never stop learning and we should never uh, underestimate um, opportunities that come our way through which we can find and receive the wisdom of God. But wisdom also comes to us through the prayers of others. Paul wrote in Colossians uh, to them, he said, For this cause also, since the day we heard it, we I do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul was praying for the Colossian believers that this wisdom from above would be given to them. That this spiritual understanding that they needed would be given to them. And so prayer, oh sorry, wisdom comes to us uh, by prayer. The prayers that we have asking God for it. But also the prayers that we can pray for others. And I can't help but think of, of how many times as parents that becomes so very important. We want our children to have wisdom, to, to have this spiritual understanding of the decisions that they need to, 
to make as they navigate through life. And we recognize that many times we will not be there to help them make those wise decisions. And so we need to pray that God would, in the moment, at that time, be there to give them that wisdom. And so I want to encourage also this morning all of you as parents and all of us, even as grandparents, that we would be praying for our children, for our grandchildren, for each other, that God would impart that wisdom, that godly wisdom and spiritual understanding that is so important. And so finally, fourthly, let's take a look a little bit at what James is speaking about here of how of what wisdom looks like. And once again, um, this is very much so in the context of the relationships that we have in life. And so it certainly is not exhausted because we need wisdom in every area of life and to navigate all of the different situations and circumstances that we face in life. Decisions that we need to make. Decisions about our, about parenting and about, um, raising children, decisions and and navigating through relationships like marriage um, and and so on, but also in our in our day to day life in our work in our careers um, in our interactions with other people, uh, certainly as we go through times like we are going through, and especially as we go through difficult times in life, we need wisdom. Uh, in all of these uh, different areas. And so what James is speaking about may not uh, necessarily be directly linked to all of these, but he gives us some specific instruction, especially uh, in the area of relationship. And he, and he does this by contrasting wisdom from above with wisdom that is from below. In other words, very different. And... Uh, and he, he contrasts it by calling out that the world's way of doing things, the world's wisdom or, or their way of applying what they know to the situations of life is often with very wrong motives and for very wrong reasons. And, and involves things that he describes here like envy and strife and lies, bitterness, being sensual, demonic, uh, evil works and confusion. All of the things that are contrary to God and his wisdom that is from above. And so let's look here at, at eight different qualities or characteristics uh, briefly that, that James is highlighting for us. And the very first one here, he says that, that the wisdom that is from above is first pure. And, and again, in the context here of, of relationships, it's void of, of jealousy or, or envy, having wrong motives for, for, um, uh, the things that that we are doing and and when we need wisdom in our relationships, especially as in life, we need to have pure and right motives for that, and that ought always to be that we want to glorify God in in how we live our lives with each other and and 
in everything that we are doing, but especially that in the relationships that we have, that we want to glorify God and we want to build each other up. We want to encourage uh, one another in our lives. And we need wisdom in how to do that. Wisdom to know what to say. Um, the, the right uh, words uh to say, and, and even as we can read in, um, I believe it's in Colossians, that our speech should be always seasoned with grace. In other words, we need wisdom even to know what to say and how to say uh, things one to another. Um, James also talks in, in chapter 4, he says, Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. You know, in our lives, sometimes we, we may have wrong motives. We may uh, come across a certain way, but really be somewhat double-minded. And, and, and James is encouraging us to be purified from that double-mindedness and, and have a, a pure heart, a pure motive in, in our relationships. And, and that truly is the wisdom of God if it is pure. But then it is also um, not only pure, um, it needs to be peaceable. And really, if it is pure, it will be peaceable. Now, there are times in our lives when we really need to speak the truth in love. And, and many times in the process of doing that, even if we do it in the right way, uh, in a kind way, in a gentle way, uh, with the right words, that it may not be necessarily received that way. But what's in our hearts needs to be one of being peaceable. That we are not confrontational. That we are not um, coming across as as being the one that knows everything or that is better than the other. But that others can truly see that we are coming to them in a peaceable way. Um, we need to turn, uh, Peter uh, references in Psalm 34, turn away from evil and do good. That we need to seek peace and pursue it. And the wisdom of God that is peaceable is something that needs to be pursued. Because many times it can be evasive in our lives. Many times it, it can be something that so easily slips away from us. But let us have ask God that, that he would give us this wisdom and that we would be able to apply it in our relationships and in all areas of our lives in a very peace peaceful way, and that we would not um, be confronting one another in, in areas that maybe we disagree with in ways that, that really demonstrate that we are not peaceable, that we would really focus on the things that are important, that God sees are important, and peace is one of them. Being peaceable is one of them. And if we have that, then we will have the wisdom of God. But he also says here that this wisdom that is from above is gentle, as I've already mentioned. Paul instructed Timothy that he as a, is a minister of the gospel, as a preacher, that as a servant of God, um, that he should not strive, but be gentle to all men. 
But beloved, all of us are servants of God, not just us as preachers or, or someone like Timothy or the Apostle Paul. All of us are servants of God. And as a servant, we should also be gentle towards all men. The scripture in, in Philippians chapter 4, King James uses the word, uh, let your moderation be known unto all men. Actually, a better translation in most English translations use the word there as gentleness. Let your gentleness be known unto all men. And if we are truly gentle, then we will be displaying the wisdom that is from above. But the Bible also teaches us, James also teaches, that it's easy to be entreated. And this literally means that it's easily persuaded. That it means that we're willing to defer to others. And this is so important in our day-to-day interactions with each other. That we would have the wisdom to not feel like we need to have the last word. That we know it all, or that we understand it all, or that we understand it better than somebody else, or that we find it difficult to defer to someone else. This word, easy to be entreated, literally means that we would be willing to defer to others. Not compromising truth, but recognizing that there are times in life when certain things are not just are not worth fighting for, so to speak, or, 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 or insisting on our rights in a certain situation, but that we would be willing to defer to others when that is important, especially for the sake of peace in our relationships. He goes on to say that the wisdom above, from above is also full of mercy. And it's interesting how many of the these qualities that James is referencing here are actually found in uh, the Beatitudes, part of the Sermon of the Mount. These very things of, of gentleness, purity, peace. And that is certainly true of mercy as well. Because Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And Jesus often underscored the importance of mercy. And to have godly wisdom certainly is to have this quality of having mercy. In James, we also uh, are reminded in the fifth chapter that, um, which I spoke about the last time, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. In Micah chapter 6, verse 8, the Bible says, He has shown thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And that is so important that we would love mercy. And this is really demonstrating not only the... um nature of God, but it is also being Christ-like because he too was merciful. You know, if we go back to this uh, fifth verse here in, in James chapter 1, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. Um, so this word abradeth not really it really means without finding fault. Let's think about that for a moment. God 
when we ask him, he doesn't find fault with us. He wants to give us wisdom liberally, generously. But he's not there saying, well, you didn't ask me last time for wisdom, so why should I give it to you now? You you didn't come to me looking for wisdom or in a situation. Um, you tried. You did it on your own last time. Go ahead and do it on your own again. No, God is merciful. In fact, the Bible tells us that His mercies are new every morning. And beloved, we can take great comfort in that. Great comfort in in, in realizing that that the mercies of God are new every morning. It's like every morning there's a fresh page uh, to begin our day, and and the mistakes. Of, of yesterday, the the acting out in an unwise way, and 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 doing things that that really didn't demonstrate the wisdom of God. That's that's yesterday. God gives us a new opportunity and a new day to do things right and to do them with the wisdom that comes from above. And so we want to, to show that mercy to others as well. Just as God does it towards us, we want to show that to others as well. Not holding the things that they did wrong, whether it was intentionally or unintentionally against them, but that we would be merciful towards them. And by doing that, we will be demonstrating and exercising that wisdom that comes from above. But the wisdom that comes from above is also, the Bible says, full of good fruits. Um, and by adding good fruits, James is really underscoring a predominant theme of his epistle, of his letter to these Christians, to these believers. And that is that of, of how important um, works are. And that... Faith without works is dead. And that if we really are exercising the wisdom of God in our lives, there will be an outworking of good works in our lives that will be the evidence of the faith that we profess to have, the faith in God. And prove that our faith is real, that our faith is genuine, and that it really means something. And so we, we see here in this text, it says, who, this question, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Well, it is the one that shows out of his good life, um, his good living, so to speak. It says here, good conversation, but that means his way of life. Uh, that wise man, that one that is truly wise will be the one that has these good works in his life that are um, shown towards others, as it says here, and, and that are done with meekness and the meekness of wisdom, as it says here. And that that is so important that we, we have those, those good works. Because if, if we just have a lot of knowledge and a lot of understanding and we don't exercise it in the way that God wants us to, the Bible says that, that we are foolish. We're like the fool that, that builds his house upon the sand. 
or the one that foolishly uh, does not build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ with those things that are valuable, gold, silver, and precious stones, but rather does it with wood, hay, and stubble. Let's really examine our lives and, and ask, are we being wise in how we are building and exercising that? But to finish up here, the Bible also teaches us, as James does, that the wisdom that is from above is without partiality and without hypocrisy. James devote, devotes nearly his, and we'll get there um, in future messages, uh, chapter 2, to the whole subject of partiality. And, you know, it is easy in our lives to, to become partial, to favor uh, some over others, to, to show that in our lives. But if we are truly demonstrating the wisdom of God, the wisdom from above, then, then our lives will be free from this partiality. In verse, um, in, in verse one here of, of chapter two, he says, my dear brothers and sisters, my uh, brethren, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. As you live out your faith, don't be partial because that's not wise, that's not good, that's not from above, but also without hypocrisy. In other words, the, the wisdom from above is, a wis- is demonstrated through sincerity. It ties back to the very first quality of, of being pure, and that is so important. But it means really that, that we are who we are and that we are who we should be, and that is the children of God. And not two-faced, not double-minded, as we can also read in James, but that we would be sincere and without hypocrisy. In other words, without pretense or without having ulterior motives. Many times the very things that drive us can be things that are a result of what's in our hearts. And, and some of those things can be wrong and impure. Um, things like partiality or hypocrisy. But the wisdom that is from above will, will fight against those things. And really, all of these are things, when we talk about the wisdom of God, that we need to strive after um, and live by them. And if we do that, we will have better relationships. We will be able to minimize the conflicts that we have in relationships, not only within our marriage and family, but also within church and all of our relationships. And as we apply many of these things in, in all areas of our lives, um, where we need wisdom, and we do need wisdom in all areas of our lives, we will be demonstrating the wisdom that comes from above. And the psalmist put it so well when he said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor um, standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The fruit 
The fruit of having godly wisdom is as we read it here. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And what a bountiful harvest, not only of peace and of righteousness can be in our lives, but of many, many other things that God wants to bless others through us as we, as we seek out and live out the wisdom of God. May the prayer of the psalmist be on each and every one of our hearts and minds as well, where he said, so teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Next, we'd like to play for you a a, a song with some words um, as well that speaks of the wisdom of God. How the wisdom of God is is manifested in everything that he does and wants to give to us. In creation, in demonstration of who he, who he is and, and in the gospel message. And most importantly, in Christ and what he did for you and for me. The wisdom of God is something that that is not only available to us, but that he wants us to, to experience and to see in all facets of our lives. Amen.